Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Braden Marino of Robo3D to talk about 3D printers. We'll also hear from Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. You'll also be hearing from Rob Pegarero, who hangs his hat over at USA Today and Yahoo Tech. We've got all this and more on the Tech Night Owl Live. Yeah! First up at the plate is Braden Marino. He's the founder and CEO of Robo3D. So, folks, we're going to be talking about 3D printing which is certainly getting a lot of publicity. Of course, I guess the kind of publicity we heard recently wasn't so nice. It was about someone who was able to take a 3D printer and make a gun out of it. But I know when I think of 3D printing, and this shows my age, I think of a Star Trek replicator, which I guess was a 3D printer of some sort. It was making food. What do you say about that, Braden? Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of hype over the topic of 3D printing and, and good and not so good. There's the side of it, you know, where it's bio 3D printing when they're talking about making organs using this type of technology. Um, and then there's a side of it where they're talking about the unintended, which is people making guns with this kind of technology. So if, if you kind of strip it down to its layers, 3D printing as a technology, you know, being disruptive, you know, can do a lot of different things. Uh, we're going to have to navigate through the unintended. That's just with any new technology, there's always going to be people that take it to a level where it shouldn't be going or where we don't want it to go as a society. But as far as the technology itself, you know, it's multi-purpose technology can be used in many different ways. All right. Tell us, how do we get this done? We know about laser printers. We know about inkjet printers. I've got a solid ink printer. So what is the technology behind a 3D printer? Yeah, I always break it down kind of the best way for people to understand is if I compare it to an inkjet printer. Inkjet printer, what it does is it takes the ink and it lays it down one layer on a sheet of paper. The ink for 3D printing is mostly right now made up of plastics and things like that. There's nylons, there's carbon fiber, but it's that same kind of thought process where it's depositing material, you know, whether it be plastic or nylon or, you know, these carbon fiber materials, it's depositing that material down on a platform. The only separate part about it is that it moves up and it does another layer and it moves up and does another layer and it keeps doing that over and over again until you have a three-dimensional object and where that comes from is from a three-dimensional model on the computer so you sort of take that you put it into our software you know you press start and that's kind of the process that it goes through is it melts down this material and lays it layer upon layer sort of like a layer cake all right so just put things together in perspective here is mm-hmm. it possible in theory to even make a large object like a car with a 3D printer, if you could possibly get all the spare parts together. Oh, of course, yeah. If you kind of strip away the head, which is depositing the material and things like that, it's really a multi-axis machine. That's why there's people over, you know, overseas right now that are building three-dimensional houses. And what they're doing, instead of, you know, if you think about the ink as the thing that's being deposited, well, their ink is concrete. So they're just using this big machine that's just depositing concrete in a multi-dimensional format very accurately and precisely, and they're able to build houses that way. So you can most definitely, you know, once the materials get to that point, and they're already getting there, already, you know, some of them are already there, but you, you could easily theoretically print a, a car. Well, that's one question, which is maybe a silly question, but I'll ask it, which is right now we have a lot of manual labor involved, even if it's just people running machines. So if we go to 3D printing for lots of the stuff that we buy, 
What happens to the people who are building those products? To me, I think there's going to be a shift in kind of the work you know, work involved, you know, within factories and things like that. You know, Invisalign just created a factory of the future, which uses 3D printers. Obviously, part of it is, is managing, you know, that hardware, managing the process of, of how it functions. So it's going to be jobs on that realm. But I think 3D printers are going to create more jobs, um, give people more opportunities. The speed of innovation is moving so fast right now. And with 3D printing, it's going to move even faster. And to me, I think it's going to create way more opportunities, which will ultimately be, you know, hopefully create more jobs rather than take away jobs using these machines. Obviously, you have been working with the industry to expand what mm -hmm. 3D printing is. So specifically, we understand that you sat down with industry leaders to get a take, I guess, yeah. on the status of the 3D industry. So how many companies are there now making this kind of product? We got into the space about two and a half years ago, and we were building strictly what we called personal 3D printers, which are, are, are really small desktop-style units. Usually, they're sub $5,000. You know, when we came in, we were at about $600, so we had a really good price point. But at that point, when we started about two and a half years ago, there was probably only, I would say, 20 to 30 that really were there. Now, there's, you know, over 120 uh, manufacturers of these machines that are sub, you know, $5,000, and, and it's continuing to grow. So we're trying to make leaps and bounds, you know, as far as Robo3D is concerned, make leaps and bounds and into software, becoming, creating sort of an ecosystem around 3D printing. So we're not just selling hardware and saying, figure out what to do with it. We're selling the entire end-to-end -end experience, you know, giving you access to files, giving you access to freelance designers that can make you something that you can print out at home. So, so we're, we're doing a lot more other than just the hardware side of things. So I take it here, if you're going to print something in 3D, you need some kind of blueprint or something yeah. with the specs that explain right. what has to be done. So yeah. do you make those things or do we have to go to outside designers to get the specs or make them ourselves? Yeah, so right now we're at a stage, and, and you know, a couple of years ago when we started, you know, we were far, far behind. But we're at a stage now where these 3D CAD developing companies, like the AutoCADs, the SolidWorks, and things, are starting to see the power of this technology. And what they're doing is making those softwares much easier to use. So you know, hopefully, the mass consumer market can actually use them. They're still a little bit difficult to create your own model from scratch. You have to have some type of skills in that respect. But what people don't know is that, for example, I'm just going to use the biggest web website for like free file sharing. It's a website called thingiverse.com and it's made by MakerBot, which is, you know, the big company in 3D printing. They kind of sort of led the revolution of personal 3D printing. Thingiverse has, you know, hundreds of thousands of files that people have already made and uploaded for free. So you can literally go on there and just like you Google search for information and things like that, you can just search the search bar for a specific thing you're looking for. And, and someone's probably created, I found some crazy stuff on there. And you can just press download and then print that out at home really easily and simply. So, and that's something a lot of people kind of opens their eyes when they hear like, you know, there's over half a million files online. And, you know, you're not just getting a machine, you're getting pretty much access to a store, you know, free store for that matter. Okay. So today, before we get into the status of the industry and how to make it mainstream, which is obviously a critical issue and also the kind of audience you're reaching, yep. if I wanted to get a 3D printer here for testing, what could I make? Yeah, it, it depends on kind of what you see the technology as. And I talk to a lot of people that, you know, kind of ask that same question. And I, and I sort of work around the question and say, you know, what are you looking for? Like, could you use help? Could you save money? You want to save money at home because there's a lot of people that are using 3D printers to save money, printing household items, replacement parts, things like that. Then there's on the other realm, there's people that are wanting to create new products and, and create new innovation. And those people, you know, that's kind of how it all came into being was 
it's rapid prototyping. It's being able to create a product from scratch really quickly and easily. And, and so there's that side of it. And like I said, there's, you know, the household side of it where people are making a ton of items and replacement parts. And that's going to continue to grow as large companies start seeing the value, like the whirlpools and things like that, start seeing the value of not carrying inventory in warehouses, but carrying digital inventory online. So if you need a replacement part for a valve or something like that, instead of, you know, you ordering the part and it taking two weeks, they can send you a digital file and you can print it out at home. I think we're going to start seeing that, you know, coming more into play and in a large way, especially by big companies that house a lot of replacement parts. I always use my 3D printer, you know, personally for me, I use it for a lot of things that I would never go and buy myself. But the fact that I can just quickly search it and find it, for example, my most recent one I printed was an iPhone amplifier dock, no electronics, and it was able to take the sound of my speakers and amplify it on my iPhone. So that was just a cool thing. But there's a lot of stuff like that, that, you know, you've always been like, oh, I've always wanted one of those, but you aren't going to go spend the time or the money to actually go buy one. So to have a machine at home like that, where you could just press print on it, it's pretty powerful. I think also like a car dealer where you go in yeah. there and you say, okay, I need oil change. So he mm-hmm. punches up the 3D printer and out comes yep. the oil filter that is compatible with your make and model of motor vehicle. Yeah, okay. I mean, you can really apply it to, to that. You can apply it to different making different types of food. People think it's just plastic and, and you can really put any type of ink in there and, and create whatever you'd like, whatever that ink may be. Okay, 3D technology, fascinating here. Braden Marino founder and CEO of Robo3D. We're discovering a new world, folks, on the Tech Night Out Live. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30% while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should too. Find out what they know. Call us and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. This is big! 
By popular demand, the Freeze-Dry Guys Giant Factory Authorized Sale has been extended. Now through August, save 30 to 45% on number 10 cans of high-quality Mountain House freeze-dried foods from the Freeze-Dry Guy. Now's the time to stock up on all factory-fresh stock of the finest, best-tasting, longest-proven shelf-life foods in the industry at giant savings of 30 to 45%. But hurry, supplies are limited, so this sale is only through the end of August. Call 866-404-3663. Free shipping to the lower 48 states. Click freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663. That's freezedryguy.com. Hurry, the giant factory authorized Mountain House sale with savings of 30 to 45% is extended through August from the Freeze-Dry Guy, the finest freeze-dried and dehydrated foods available anywhere for long-term storage. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercial, just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us and advertise at GCNlive.com. And an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, Visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We have Braden Marino from Robo3D. We're exploring 3D print technology, and as you see, it's pretty wide-ranging. So, obviously, you're using it to print stuff that maybe isn't generally manufactured. But say, for example, I want a connector a lightning connector for my iPhone. And obviously, mm -hmm. the technology has to be licensed from Apple. Say Apple licenses the technology to this company. So they have to obviously sell you the print or something. So, for example, if I want a lightning connector or adapter for my iPhone, obviously the technology has to be licensed from Apple. Mm -hmm. So they would have to sell the plans to somebody. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. And there's a lot of companies making big plays. For example, 3D Systems, you know, one of the big players in industrial manufacturing. They have a personal 3D printing machine as well, but um, they're sort of the mammoths of 3D printing, if you will. You know, they're public. They're on the, uh, you know, the stock exchange. And they do a lot in, in terms of putting together relationships with large companies, you know, the Hasbros and things like that that have licenses to specific products or specific types of characters, figurines, whatever, comic books, whatever it may be, right? And, and so they're going to kind of hold 
the power to have those files. You know, the thing with 3D printing right now, though, is that, it, you know, it's, it's very open and, and open source and kind of free sharing and free flowing. And so people are, you know, spending a lot of time designing all these things and sharing them with people for free. And it's really a gray area right now. There's a lot of people that are creating trademarked figures and uploading them online for free. And no one's really regulating on it quite yet. But that is going to end up happening. But cert- most certainly we're going to be able to, you know, hopefully print things like connectors for your iPhone and stuff like that, you know, in the near future. And, and those are being something that you're going to be able to do a lot cheaper than you would if you went to a store and spent $30 on a, you know, a cord. All right. Let's just take a look at this here. If we take the 3D version of any product and we look at the one manufactured through traditional means, is there any difference at all? Right now, there is a difference. I would say, you know, traditional manufacturing is usually, you know, most cases is in sort of a mold making process where you're, you know, you're pushing large volume of product um, through a mold that you made. So the product quality is a little bit different. Um, you know, the amount of, you know, colors and things like that that they can create with these different molds, um, you know, hasn't been done quite yet in personal 3D printing. So the quality you're going to get is going to be a little bit different from, you know, a, a product that's on the shelf than something you're going to 3D print at home. But it'll catch up to that point where hopefully we can, you know, create more things that, you know, simply could be a product ready or look as if it were a product ready, um, you know, on the shelf type thing. All right. So if I want to buy a 3D printer today for the home, for whatever reason I have, whether it's building custom stuff or downloading this open source collection of blueprints or whatever they are, what's it going to cost me? Yeah, right now we we sell our specific. We have one model out right now. It's kind of how we launched the product. Was uh, we actually use Kickstarter as a crowdfunding platform, and uh, we launched our one model. and And ours sells right now for seven ninety nine. So it's eight hundred dollar product. What's great about it, and you know what I like about this technology is it's something that can be used, you know, almost by every. It can be used pretty much by every member of the household. So whether you're the father, whether you're the mother, whether you're the kids, um, you know, I think any person in the household can use the product. So it's, it's multifunctional in that respect. So I think it brings a lot of value to have it in the household. Um, yeah, and for the price points, they're already dropping. I mean, we're, we're working on a lower end model as well, something around the 399 model price point. So, you know, they're going to come down to, you know, a couple hundred dollars. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can bring this into every household and, and, you know, can show benefits, you know, especially for the kids. I think the educational aspect of it is incredible. It takes, you know, learning to a whole new level. It applies it and, you know, kids can create these really complex parts really simply. What's the cost for the raw materials? Uh, raw materials are fairly cheap. We sell a, it's, it's 2.2 pounds of plastic material and we sell it for about $35 and that. We've done a kind of a study from start to finish, and we printed out little pawn chess pieces, and we did almost 400 of them with one spool of plastic. So, for 35 bucks, I mean, you, you think about it relative to what an ink, you know, ink for an inkjet printer costs, and that's you know in the 20 to 30 dollar range, and you're able to print out you know almost 400 little chess pieces in size. Uh, you can do a, you can do a lot with uh, you know one spool, so it's pretty valuable from that respect. It's cheap. Well, the ink in an yeah. inkjet printer probably costs the same as an ounce of gold. I mean, it is yeah. <laughs> so expensive, it's just unreal. We yeah. don't want to get into that. So is this the way to make this a mainstream product, bring the price down to the point where first the power users or the early adopters will just want to lap them up, and then ultimately that spreads to the mainstream as more mainstream products can be built? Have yeah, I come up with a marketing definitely. plan here? Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, it, you know, we're, we're still selling a lot to specialty kind of groups and, um, you know, we're getting into some specialty retail stores like the micro centers, the fries, electronics, stuff like that. Um, but it is still really at an early adopter stage. So it's a lot of people that understand the technology that want to use it for prototyping, um, creating certain things. We have a lot of actually customers that are using it for some incredible things as well. Some really cool stories that we're capturing right now. Um, but it, yeah, it's going to take a little while to get it into mainstream. And we act, asked a lot of those, you know, industry experts, you know, about that specific question, a lot of them, you know, had some different answers, but ultimately, you know, one of the things that was kind of a consensus was that speed needs to get a lot, it needs to get a lot faster because we're so used to things on demand, especially the millennials that, you know, they're hyperactive and they want things quickly. So it needs to get faster. And I think there needs to be a combination of three, like three-dimensional scanning. So if you need something quickly, you can just, you know, take your iPhone, for example, scan something real quick, you know, and print that out instantly. So well, that's I an interesting question here. Would there be a way to scan an existing product? It would almost have to be an x-ray kind of scan to yeah. scan a product and then, assuming there's no trademark issue, make a 3D print to allow you to make a duplicate. Yeah, there, there really is. And this, yeah, this is part of we're going to have to, you know, there's going to have to be some regulation around it because you can go, I mean, there's even an app right now called 123D and it's made by Autodesk and you can download it right now. It's a free app. You can actually use your, you know, your iPhone or your smartphone and pretty much take pictures and get a three-dimensional rendering of a specific object. Hopefully that it doesn't lead to a, a stage or an area where, you know, people are having to protect things on the shelf, you know, from getting scanned and 3D printed at home. I don't think it's that advanced yet, and it's going to take a long time to get that advanced, but um, it's definitely something to be concerned about. Okay, well, we'll look into more of this, and if you have time, let's do one more segment. All yep. right, I buy the 3D printer from you for $7.99, and I want to make yep. a chess piece, for example, plastic okay. chess yep. piece. doesn't matter which one. So how long does it take me to, from beginning to end, make each piece? Plastic chess piece, if, if you just load it onto our, you know, load it in our software and press print, I mean, it's going to take usually probably around 30 to 45 minutes per piece. So once again, it's not the fastest technology in the world. It needs to be down to, you know, minutes. Um, but the technology hasn't come that far yet. And we're taking a lot of leaps, um, you know, on, on furthering the technology into that realm um, and to get the speed a lot better. But we don't want to go from you know, for example, 30 to 45 minutes down to 25 minutes, you know, that's not beneficial to us. What's beneficial to us is to go from 30 to 45 minutes down to a few minutes. Um, so if we can get down to that point, I think, you know, it's going to become a lot more mass marketed uh, because people will see even more of the value behind it, you know, being able to create and replicate things instantly. All right. It's a thousand questions to ask about 3D printing technology. Yeah. <laughs> I only have three million to ask here. Braden Marino is joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. If you need to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, thank you, or simply I'm thinking of you, ProFlowers.com is the key. ProFlowers has stunning bouquets, like the best-selling 100 blooms for $19.99. Plus, ProFlowers will include a glass vase for free. Sending someone a wonderful surprise of beautiful flowers sent fresh from the field is easy. Choose the bouquet you like, pick the delivery date, and each order is 100% guaranteed. Plus, all bouquets from Pro Flowers are guaranteed to last at least seven full days. Beautiful, fragrant flowers, picked fresh and sent to your loved one for lasting enjoyment. To get this incredible savings and send someone 100 gorgeous blooms with a free vase for $19.99, go to ProFlowers.com, click the blue microphone in the top right corner, and enter code PLOW. That's ProFlowers.com. Click the mic and enter code P-L-O-W. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. Braden Marino talking about 3D technology, his company is Robo3D. 
and they make one of the printers that we're talking about here. So this is getting more and more fascinating as we progress. And as you say, the key here is instant gratification. You stick something in there, you want to know it's going to come out the other end or whatever, fully formed in a few minutes, not 45 minutes. Yeah. So this is where you have to go. Also, let me ask you another question. What about edibles? We're laughing and joking here, but we're talking about plastics, maybe metals or stuff, carbon fiber. But what about having a clean environment that allows you to make food, a real replicator like they have in Star Trek? Of course, that's the 20th century. The foods 3D printers are already being produced right now. Um, You know, NASA put a bunch of money into making one that was able to be used in space. And and their reasoning for that, I believe, is, you know, they can carry a lot more powdered based food up in space and then use a 3D printer to actually create specific meals, you know, specific nutrients um, in meals. And and they can create these combination of plates, uh, you know, up in space rather than, you know, bring food up in space and, you know, have to deal with the packaging and all that kind of stuff that comes with, you know, bringing the food up there. So, so NASA's taking steps in that realm. There's, there's other 3d printers out there that are doing food right now. There's people are creating funny ones like pancake 3d printers, all sorts of stuff like that. But yeah, that, that age is going to come where, you know, it might be, you know, you're loading on dough onto a 3d printer and it's creating, you know, something. And then it's like, okay, take off the dough and then put on the pizza sauce and then take out the pizza sauce and do this. And, and it's actually, you know, making you a pizza, um, using a, you know, a 3d printer. How practical is that right now? Not very practical, you know, because it's a lot easier and more practical just to go and buy something in a store. It's probably cheaper too at this point, but, um, you know, I think it's going to get to a point where we're going to be able to create a lot of edible items um, using 3D printers. So that's pretty exciting. I'm a huge fan of chocolate and they're already doing that. So I have to just basically pour in the raw ingredients of any particular meal, or maybe they'll have prepackaged versions and it'll have all the ingredients necessary, and the printer will use, use its own software to figure out how much of each ingredient they need. Yep, and it'll tell you what to load, and it'll just come in loading cartridges. You'll load it on. It'll start doing it, and it'll stop when it needs to stop, and you can load something else on. And so, you know, that, that kind of stuff, I don't think that's too far away, considering, you know, there's already food 3D printers out there that are being produced. Okay, chocolate. What about a hamburger? Can we make a hamburger uh, with a 3D printer? That, I think we're a, a lot farther away. I think, you know, single base food items and stuff like that. I use the chocolate example because we actually made one ourselves here. Um, you know, all we did was take our current 3D printer. And we just created an actual piece on it that would allow us to push chocolate through it and print, you know, the same kind of process, just print in three dimensions using chocolate. Um, so we can do that. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a while before you can actually do uh, the hamburger because there's so many elements that happen. You know, with that, you know, if you're using raw, if you're using dough from scratch and creating buns and things like that, you know, you're going to have to have a cooking element into it as well. So I think it's going to get a little bit difficult um, when you think about it in that respect. But when there's technology like this, people are going to find ways to make stuff like that happen because there's, you know, there's a lot of people out there that take steps and leaps and um, creating new things like this. And so we'll see. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> now, you've done surveys indicating yeah. the people who are buying 3D printers. So can you maybe break this down? Who is buying them and who is maybe avoiding them right now? And this is kind of an eye-opener for us. We knew, you know, women, you know, when we did the surveys, we only had about 4% of women that, that were participating in the surveys. And a lot of this was sent to our customers. So we, we kind of found, you know, obviously, you know, women isn't a big user of these machines quite yet. 
Um, what I think and what some of the experts kind of brought to light is that as we start using this more in education, young women are going to start learning about this technology at a young age and hopefully be able to use it, you know, as they progress forward in life. Um, so, so hopefully we can get more women involved into it. And I think it's because it's been pretty male dominated from an early adopter stage. A lot of people are using it, you know, for prototyping different machinery and things like that. So it hasn't really hit that age group. Millennials were actually one of the lowest as well. That's, you know, young kids, which was to me was the biggest eye opener in a good way, because I saw a big opportunity, um, you know, to bring it to that market. But like I said, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they, they don't think it's cool enough yet. It's too slow to them. It's not that cool. They can get things a lot quicker right now. They just go online and search something and buy it. I think we're gonna have to make some big leaps to actually bring it to that marketplace, you know, other than the educational side, which is happening right now. But, um, you know, that was, that was eye-opening to me. And it seemed like the majority of people buying it were around the 30 to 40, um, year old range. Um, so, you know, that's mostly where the early adopters are, you know, that didn't surprise us as much, but now it's time for us to make, you know, some steps to bring it to, to bring it to women, you know, as a market and then to bring it to younger kids as a market. Well, younger kids is also a financial factor. Yep. They can't afford it. Most of They have other yeah, most priorities. I know my son, for example, is just going to be 28 this year. And mm-hmm. he is in no position financially to spend the amount of money you charge for a 3D printer. He doesn't even have a printer. Yeah. You know? He has to yeah, buy exactly. the groceries, pay the rent, pay the electric bill. Yeah. And that's why we're creating, you know, we're creating these different models, you know, for different types of groups, if you will. And, and the smaller model that we're creating, you know, is really just a, a simple turnkey product. And, and like I said, it's going to be around the 399 range. Um, the amount of money you can save. I mean, there's articles that are coming out daily about the amount of money you can save with these machines. And, you know, it's upwards of thousands a year for things that you normally go buy and you could just pop them in and print. Yeah, the time's going to take a little bit longer than if you run to the store and do it. But to have that at home and to be able to save a little bit of money is also beneficial. Um, it almost pays for itself, you know, very quickly. And, and not to mention, people are starting their own simple business. There's a website called makexyz.com, which literally you can just, if you have a 3D printer, you can go on there, log in, you know, start a profile, and people will contact you to make them stuff, and you can make money doing that. There's a lot of opportunities out there to have this machine. It's not just about having it and trying to figure out what to do with it. You know, it's about being able to do a lot of different things, start your own business, create things, uh, replicate things, all sorts of stuff. How big are these printers? It fits on a desktop. It's about you know 15 inches wide by 17 inches tall, um, so it's not entirely too big. Uh, the smaller one where is a is a lot smaller. It's gonna be about a, a foot high, and it's not. It's about nine inches wide, so it's a pretty small machine. But um, we we created a little bit bigger of a machine just because we wanted to allow people to print bigger objects, and um, you know that was one of our our selling points. You know for our machine at our price point was. You know, you can print almost double the size of what you can with other 3D printers, you know, and, and some and most of those 3D printers are double the price of ours. You know, so for half the price, you can print double the size. And, and that was that's usually beneficial for people. As a test, would you send us a printer to play with? Yeah, we yeah, I've gotten a lot of requests about it. And we have we're, we're working on that. We're right now we're really behind as far as inventory goes. But we have a lot of uh, machines that, you know, through the manufacturing process, you know, came back to us and things like that. So we have them kind of set to the side. We call it our graveyard of printers. But once we get kind of caught up with everything and get moving forward, we're going to start fixing those up and send them as loaners. This may be a thrilling experience. We're going to have to see exactly yeah. what we do here. Of course, I can't wait yeah. to see when I can just have that steak dinner or maybe yeah. <laughs> that chicken dinner if you don't want to get into red meat with the 3D printer. Yeah. How many years will it take? And we just have to kind of wrap it up here in a second. How many years do you think it'll yeah. take before it's mainstream and before we could make our meals on a 3d printer 
I think the meal side of it, you know, the complexity of meals, uh, you know, that's going to be something that's going to be probably a decade away, um, you know, to fully be able to make complex meals. Um, you know, complex parts when you're talking about multi-materials is very easy, um, but there's just so many different ingredients and elements to creating a meal, um, you know, that's going to need a very complex machine to make that happen. So I, I think we're quite a ways away from that. Um, but, you know, we'll see it start progressing, like I said, you know, more into, you know, simple type foods, things like that. And then we'll get into, you know, we'll start increasing the complexity of what they can do. And they'll just, you know, it's, it'll build upon itself. But right now, you know, what, what's more exciting to me, I think the edible side's awesome. I'm excited for that as well. Um, you know, we've talked about getting, getting into that market, but um, to actually make things that you can eat. But for us, we like giving people opportunities um, to create things. And, and these machines for us, is more, you know, and we're really interested in the educational side because it's more about these kids being able to create the future. Okay. Braden Marino, tell our listeners where they can find more about your stuff. Yeah, you can uh, go onto our website. It's www.robo3d.com. Uh, we're actually in the process of building a new website I'm excited about. Find out more about us, about our products, how we started, you know, all that jazz um, if you go on the website there. Braden, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Yeah, thanks, Gene, for having me. I appreciate it. The nation's largest independently owned and operated talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. It's the heart of summer across America. Thoughts turn to childhood and long days of fun. Everybody would love to feel like a kid again. And HB Extract can be a vital tool in your battle to stay vibrant and young as it supports healthy blood pressure and circulation while balancing cholesterol. GCN and longtime sponsor HB Extract want to help keep your heart healthy with the 30 Bottle 30 Days Summer Giveaway. Enter to win by visiting GCNlive.com between now and August 29th and click on the contest banner in the top left corner of the page. HB Extract has helped tens of thousands of people worldwide feel good again, and they've done it with HB Extract's exclusive formula of wild-crafted and organic herbs. Here's to you enjoying many more long, warm, and fun-filled summers, free of pain and sickness. Visit GCNlive.com and enter to win in the 30-bottle, 30-day summer giveaway with HB Extract. A healthy heart is a happy heart. Sign up now at GCNlive.com. The 
Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercial, just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. I'm Kay Swirling from KSCO Radio in Santa Cruz. I'm 93 years old, and I'm a big fan of Alex Jones because he has the courage to speak his mind more than just about anyone I know. Alex is just as bothered as I am about all the advertising you hear for toxic prescription drugs that make you sicker, not healthy. I prefer to give my body all 90 essential nutrients it needs for life to prevent disease, not compounded. My favorite complete supplement is Beyond Tangy Tangerine from Longevity, which I take every day along with EFA Plus and Beyond OsteoFX. I recommend you go online to InfoWarsTeam.com to purchase these products and make them part of your daily regimen to get healthy and live longer. InfoWarsTeam.com Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So every time we start a conversation with Skype, we have to take the chat window and move it upward, otherwise it's dark and it's black and inaccessible for group chats. This is Microsoft's way or the Microsoft way? Well, the Microsoft's address is one Microsoft way. So, you know, take that or put that in your pipe and smoke it, I suppose. We'll have Microsoft with our curds and way. (laughs) I have no idea why I said that. Anyway, this week we lost one of our favorite space people, Mork. Yes. Robin Williams. The latest story has it that he had early-stage Parkinson's disease. He was also depressed. He wasn't making the money he used to make. He was deeply in debt to two ex-wives. So it was really sad, but, you know, how could you possibly, how could you possibly take your life? We have, of course, Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer who is chiming in because it is his want to chime in. It is my want. It it totally is. It's very sad. Depression is brutal, and I can't imagine what Robin Williams was going through, and just the irony. And I know it's it's actually really shouldn't be all that ironic ironic because it happens enough. But the irony of someone who could make so many people laugh so hard, being so depressed, is it's it's awful. The quintessential sad clown. But 
to him, I think it was manic depressive because he gets into this manic state. Obviously, a manic state when he's performing mm-hmm. because he's always on. And I've seen stories written by people who might have encountered him in a restaurant, for example. Somebody is having a meal and they were sitting next to Robin Williams. And a conversation starts and soon he's doing a performance. He's doing a sure. stand up there in one of these fast food restaurants with just a regular person. So you kind of expect that. But you have to remember all the wacky things he said as a humorist. And also the fact that he had such a broad awareness of even the most subtle cultural icons and things. So, for example, there's this movie from the 50s called The Fly with David Hedison, Vincent Price. You know, the movie, they Mm -hmm. had a new version with Jeff Goldblum. He has this matter transportation device and to teleport him. So, of course, the hero goes into this device. They don't watch the fact that there's a fly in there. And so out comes on the other side a man with a fly's head and a fly with a man's head. So famously, at the end of the movie, they locate the fly because they want to put them back in the machine and reassemble them. The fly has a man's head that says, help me, help me. And Robin Williams used that line like a thousand times. Yeah, he did. Help me, help me. (laughs) And you wonder if there was more to it than that. Or in his first appearance on Johnny Carson's Tonight Show, and he was one of the rare comedians who the first time he's on, they put him at the desk. He's allowed to have a little conversation after he does his stand-up. And so he's doing his wacky shtick. And then he grabs Johnny Carson's cup, drinks from it, and says, that's okay, the the sores have healed. (laughs) Everything could be a joke to this guy. Yeah, everything. Uh, His epic interview was uh, uh, on Inside the Actor Studio. Yes, which lasted for hours and hours. And there was a woman who peed her pants because she, she, she didn't want to miss anything. When he got started, he never stopped. Yeah. So, for example, when they did Aladdin, okay, now this is probably performance capture at its best because that doesn't happen very often. You know, normally voice actors read a script and the animators follow the script. In his case, they first record his voice doing his variations on the script with, you know, dozens of imitations and then built the animation around it. It's like the original performance capture. Right. That kind of thing. And of course, if you watch the early episodes of Mork and Mindy, it was obvious that they just had a line in the script. Robin does his stuff. (laughs) And he does his riff. It's like word jazz. Yeah. He's doing a riff and they go back to the script. And I saw one of the episodes where Pam Daubert, who was Mindy, and you can tell she is struggling hard to keep from breaking up because what she does, she has very big teeth and she sticks them into her lips to hold her mouth in position and not break into laughter. You had to watch her reactions. And this is probably not obvious, but if you look at her reactions trying to avoid breaking up because this wacky guy is just carrying on with his nano-nano stuff. Robin Williams, 63 years old. Sad to see him go. Yeah. Let's get on to stuff in our corner of the world. Okay. All right. So, Brian, let's talk about serious stuff here. Serious stuff. Yes. Okay. Now, every time we have you on, we talk a little about iWatch, but you're kind of a watch expert. A watch watch snob. snob. You're a watch snob. Now, I should tell you here, 
that I normally buy these modest price watches on sale. So the prices are even more modest. So I had a guest watch here. And the guest watch, the battery's dead, so I'm not wearing a watch today. I feel almost naked without a watch. I've had mm-hmm. a watch on since I was 10 or 12 years old. A lot of people these days don't have watches. I no. bet Brian Chaffin's got a whole shelf filled with watches. Well, you know, I, I, I have a watch that I can't afford, and uh, I can't afford it enough that I don't have any other watches. So I'm, I'm a watch snob, but I only have, I have one watch, one watch. What is the one watch? It is a Zenith Chronomaster XXT. Okay, that's Greek to me. Or Russian or Chinese, it makes no difference. I have no idea what you're talking about. I, I can I can tell you about the, uh, the, the there's there, okay Zenith uh, was a, a veritable it was was a big time brand right uh, they made it not related actually to or are only distantly related to the Zenith company that sold electronics here in this country and they made the first watch movement that could that was accurate to a hundredth of a second. And this was a really big deal in the 60s, but it was right before the quartz revolution. And, you know, uh, for a mechanical watch, the most expensive, most accurate mechanical watch is far less accurate than a $5 quartz watch, right? So, which is, is, you know, funny, I suppose, you know, it's like, you know, definitely a big part of wearing a mechanical watch these days is there's certainly an aspect of affectation to it. Uh, because digital watches and quartz watches are so much more accurate, but you know, for me, my, my love is is the mechanics, and, and so the, the history of, of of the of the movement is is an interesting one. When the quartz revolution hit the the watch industry upside the head, uh, the 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 Zenith corporate masters ordered the machinery that made this movement this this movement that was the first to do a hundredth of a second accurately. And they ordered it destroyed. You know, they were they were pulling. They're obviously pulling it from the market, and they just you know they wanted it gone so that no one could no one could steal it or pirate it or anything else like that. Well, the guy who created it was so in love with his project that he disobeyed. He packed everything up into crates, took it up into the attic of the um, uh, of the manufacturer, and hid it away. The company ends up changing hands several times. And when mechanical watches were reborn uh, at the early part of this century, uh, as uh, um, uh, wealth started to, uh, uh, as people started getting really rich, especially from tech, but, but you know, all around the world, they, the, the, the company had changed several hand, hands several times and, and the, the new owners were like, boy, what was the deal with that, uh, that one movement? And uh, the guy who had created it was still with the company. And he's like, well, you know, I actually still have it. And, uh, and, and so they started making that, that movement again. And I just think that's such a fascinating story. Uh, that was the thing that, that really drew me to this watch. So what did it cost you? Oh, I'd rather not say. Okay. Is it in Rolex territory? Um, there are Rolexes that are less expensive than mine, and there are Rolexes that are a lot more expensive than mine. All right. I won't continue with the guessing. Okay. So... You love this watch. How old is it? I bought it uh, six years ago. They still make it? Yes. Okay. And it's called again? It's the Zenith Chronomaster XXT Open. I'm looking for a link. 
Looking for a link to send you. This is... He's looking for the link. Of course, he's got a quiet keyboard. I've got a noisy keyboard. See? <laughs> so I can't do that because it would disturb everybody because everybody would say, gee, in professional radio, you're not supposed to make any noises. You know, you're not supposed to take paper and... They told me this, by the way, when I went to school for broadcasting. They said, you want to hear the papers moving? Of course, Rush Limbaugh does that. But, you know, we don't want to imitate him. The last person in the world we want to imitate... We have Ryan Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg, no longer jiggling his papers. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Great minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Good people need help. The Homeowners Association said we had weeds and fined us $25. We told them they had the wrong house. They said if we didn't pay it, they'd file a lien. Our attorney demanded photographs, witnesses, and told them if they couldn't provide this, they must cease and desist. Issue solved. Worry less and live more with LSProtection.com. That's LSProtection.com or call 855-340-SAVE. That's 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call one 800 686 at 30dayfoodsupply.com, you can now purchase a one-of-a-kind product not available anywhere else, a meatless burger dry mix in four delicious flavors. With our new Oregon Trail Foods vegan burgers, all you do is add water and fry. They need no refrigeration. They're packaged in Mylar bags with an oxygen absorber for a long shelf life. They're non-GMO. They're gluten, soy, nut, and chemical-free, but they're loaded with flavor and a good source of carbs and protein, yet low in sodium. Flavors include Italian, spicy Mexican, six vegetable, and black bean olive. Go to 30dayfoodsupply.com or Call 541-229-0010 and order today. Eat them every day. Take them camping or save them for an emergency. Check them out at 30dayfoodsupply.com and click on the vegan burger icon. That's 30dayfoodsupply.com where all of our products are produced in Oregon by Oregon Trail Foods. 30dayfoodsupply.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Here on the Tech Night Owl Live, we have Brian Chaffin telling us about this Zenith Chronomaster watch, which is ouch. The price, I got to reveal the price here. Okay. That, yeah, that one is 5800 bucks. Uh, it actually retails for uh, about twice that. This one's either a used or a gray market watch. It's probably gray market. Okay, so basically you went into Hawk big time <laughs> to do this. I mean, this is not a casual kind of purchase. You went into Hawk big time to be able to afford this watch. You paid, you know, something. It's almost the price of an OLED TV. Um, uh, yes. Actually, I shouldn't say that because I now have an OLED TV 
for $5,000 from LG. That's the non-curved version, the flat version. If you want the curved version, which nobody wants because it's a stupid design, it's $3,500. So you could sell one of these on eBay for, I'm looking at the prices here. They got some for $6,500 and more. Get changed by the TV set and buy a fully equipped iMac with all the options, I guess. Fair enough. Okay. Somebody who has an expensive watch, would you trade that all in for an iWatch? No. And that, of course, is why we're talking about this is because of Apple's iWatch. And, I, and I've, I've been thinking a lot about this. I would not trade my watch for an iWatch. I, I ignore the, ignore the, the pricing disparity. The question is, will I stop wearing this watch in favor of an iWatch? And there's a lot that hinges on that question, not because of me, but because there are lots of people who, who are uh, timepiece aficionados who, who like mechanical watches. If Apple, if Apple is able to interest enough of these people to wear their watch, wear the iWatch instead of an expensive mechanical watch. There could be some accidental disruption of the of the mechanical high-end timepiece industry. And that's an interesting that's an interesting concept to me. Well, I think having people from the fashion industry work on this project, which is apparently what's happening. Apple wants to sell you a piece of jewelry, not just some kind of silly tech toy like a pebble or a Galaxy Gear or whatever, whatever Android is coming out with. And they to want be fair, to sell you the, something really that you'd be proud to have and also has to be available in larger and smaller versions for the small wrist or for the woman. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. And there's not to denigrate the Pebble. The Pebble, the Pebble was, was a great device, uh, is a great device. Uh, it does what it does well, but I don't think that Apple has the Pebble market in mind for the iWatch. I mean, uh, you and I have talked about before the fact that, that Apple is probably trying to disrupt the um, med tech industry uh, and the, the, the medical industry even more than it's, than it's targeting you know, anything about smartwatches. But we have, generally speaking, two wrists, most of us. And generally speaking, people wear one device. And the question is, for people who are, uh, you know, who buy high-end watches, will they, will they wear an iWatch instead? Because my gut feeling is that the iWatch is the kind of thing that if you really want it monitoring what you're doing, you're going to need to wear it all the time. And, you know, how that works is, is an interesting, um, it's going to be an interesting thing. Well, obviously here, if you're wearing that all the time, you're not wearing the Zenith or the Rolex or the Guess Watch or any other watch. And the other point being here, I think Apple has to design something where you do not have to depend on the iPhone being present for it to do a number of things. Yes, it may be enhanced with the Bluetooth connection, but it's not a doorstop. Right. Yeah, that's absolutely the case. I would also think the band has to have a lot of circuitry because how much can you pack into the face of a watch? That is so true. You know, and if Apple could move battery in particular to the band without having the band be insanely thick, Apple could really make this thing have a lot more usefulness or for that matter, move enough circuitry to the band so that there's more room for the battery and the, and the watch itself. 
Um, you know, you got to, I would think that some of the sensors that are supposed to be in this thing might be in the band. You know, it's again, it's going to be interesting. There's a whole, we, we don't know much about this device. You know, we only know that Apple is looking at a new industry. We know that Apple uh, has uh, trademarked this iWatch name. We know that Tim Cook has told us that the wrist is very interesting and that wearable to, uh, wearable computing is definitely an area of interest for Apple. And we know that Apple has hired a million sensor experts and some of the top scientists in the world for health and fitness and, and chief medical officers of, of smaller uh, med tech companies as well as the uh, fashion and uh, jewelry people that Apple has brought on board. So, you know, we have all these little anecdotal evidences, uh, pieces of evidence that, that point to Apple doing some kind of wearable device for the wrist, but we don't yet know what it's, it's actually going to do. And Apple will not tell you until the proper time arrives. Right. More to the point, everyone who was looking at the iWatch in connection with all the other stuff out there, they have to be completely wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have much to add to that. Yes. So we'll have to see what comes out of it, what this is going to be. I think it's going to be fascinating what Apple comes up with because they know there is more pressure on them than they've ever had in the history of the company. I mean... When the iPod came out, there were no expectations. Nobody was looking towards it. It wasn't something that the rumor columns were talking about for three years. Mm -mm. Apple was a computer company. So they come up with an iPod. Oh, it's $3.99. Who cares? 5,000 songs in your pocket. Okay, that's fun. You know, nobody cares about those digital music players. Were they wrong? When they came up with the iPhone, again, diminished expectations. They didn't realize what kind of juggernaut that would become with iOS and the apps and everything and then the iPad. There were no expectations. It just came out and transformed every other mobile handset maker. No expectations. With the iWatch, Apple can't do that anymore. Everything they do is being watched with a fine-tooth comb and they've got to get it right the first time. So you think October, huh? Uh, October, possibly even late September at this point, with Apple doing uh, its iPhone um, press event on September 9th, and we've got pretty good, pretty good information to that effect at this point. Um, I think that I think we could be looking at at you know like two weeks later, maybe three weeks later for the iWatch, but surely shipping in late October at the latest. September 9th. Happy birthday to me. I'll be 493 and one half years old. You don't look a day over 350. Thank you very much. I resemble oh. that remark. <laughs> you I know, know I, I just feel older just sitting here. I'm looking at myself. Actually, it's 793 years. You know, before we had Vlad the Impaler. Gene we have Gene the whatever. Yeah. If I could, can, I, can I make one last point about the watch industry? Yes, you got your ticket for it right there. There's, yeah, I have to stamp the ticket. Just a minute here. Hold on. Okay, ticket stamped. Okay, the the global watch industry is a multi billion dollar a year industry, which of course you know is roughly nothing to Apple, but it's a big deal to the watch industry itself for obvious reasons. And again, Apple, I don't. Apple's not competing with 
mechanical timepieces, but Apple is competing for the wrist. And I, like I said, I, I've, I've called it, I've called it this before, but, but I, I think, I think that the iWatch has some potential to do some accidental disruption because I, in that Apple's not targeting high-end timepieces, Apple really could take a bite out of this industry. And, um, which, you know, uh, I've got, I've, there's enough of a traditionalist in me that, um, it would it would make me sad to to see some of the amazing innovations that have been happening in the last ten to fifteen years in the watch industry go away because simply because the the, the industry shrank. So Apple wants to control the living room and your wrist. More to come with Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Friends, this is Alex Jones for MidasResources.com. For more than 15 years, I have exclusively used Midas Resources for all my precious metal needs. Whether it's bullion or collectibles you're looking for, Midas Resources is simply the best. I own my gold as a hedge against inflation. This Federal Reserve fiat currency could go the way of the Deutschmark and the Weimar Republic anytime. In these historically dangerous times, it makes sense to physically hold gold and silver. Midas already has some of the best deals in the industry. But if you give them a call and mention the radio special, they will give you a list of the day's super specials. Midas brokers are standing by to answer all your questions at 800-686-2237. They also have a lot of informative free literature explaining the opportunities and risk of holding precious metals. They are ready to answer your questions at 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. It takes a lot of courage to face your own death, but I'm glad I finally did. See, I was putting off getting life insurance to protect my family, even though I knew it was important. Then my neighbor's husband died. I watched her struggle emotionally and financially. It really made me face reality. If my husband died, how would I pay the mortgage, the car payments, or keep up the life the kids and I had? I realized I needed to get us life insurance right away. So I called AIG Direct. In less than five minutes, I had a quote. I was shocked at how affordable it is. Just $14 a month for $250,000 of term life coverage. I feel so much better knowing my family has protection. Call AIG Direct right now for a free, no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you can save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-463-7479. That's 1-800-463-7479. 1-800-463-7479. 
It's the heart of summer across America. Thoughts turn to childhood and long days of fun. Everybody would love to feel like a kid again. And HB Extract can be a vital tool in your battle to stay vibrant and young as it supports healthy blood pressure and circulation while balancing cholesterol. GCN and longtime sponsor HB Extract want to help keep your heart healthy with the 30 Bottle 30 Days Summer Giveaway. Enter to win by visiting GCNlive.com between now and August 29th and click on the contest banner in the top left corner of the page. HB Extract has helped tens of thousands of people worldwide feel good again. And they've done it with HB Extract's exclusive formula of wild crafted and organic herbs. Here's to you enjoying many more long, warm, and fun-filled summers free of pain and sickness. Visit GCNlive.com and enter to win in the 30 Bottle 30 Days Summer Giveaway with HB Extract. A healthy heart is a happy heart. Sign up now at GCNlive.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Okay, so Apple wants your ear. For yep. the iPhone, your fingers with the iPad, yep, and your wrist with the iWatch, and the living room with the Apple TV or whatever they come up with. I want to ask you something here, okay? And you've done a little study of this. Very recently, I made a brief foray into handling such things as the Bitcoin fad. And since then, Bitcoin's, well, there's been some skepticism over bitcoin there's been skepticism from the from the get-go but more so lately mm, okay i guess i haven't noticed that okay so what's the story about bitcoin we heard of course the failure of one of the bitcoin banks that bothered me uh and, and i kind of just mount gave gox? up on them you're talking about mount gox uh, earlier this year i forget the name of the company it gotcha. was a okay. multi-million dollar loss of their bitcoins i don't know for hacking or whatever yeah, there's still a little bit of confusion as to what happened to it. So Mt. Gox was that company. Um, it failed after uh, supposedly they didn't have as many Bitcoins as, the, as their customers had uh, stashed with them, uh, which is a huge problem. Supposedly, they've been looking for it since. I don't really think we have a lot of answers. I know they found some of them in a, in a cold wallet that they had lost the the the, the password for or something to that effect. It was really, really some really inept stuff was going on with that company. That was about six months ago. And quite frankly, it, it was another bump in the road. I mean, when you have something as disruptive as Bitcoin, there are unfortunately going to be those bumps in the road. And sometimes individual people are going to end up uh, losing some money, which is really, really awful. And that's what happened in this case. Bitcoins is a virtual currency. Is it backed by anything? You know, you kind of think it used to be that the dollar bill was backed by gold. Now it's backed by smoke and mirrors. So the full faith and credit of the United States government. Smoke and mirrors. I said that. So <laughs> we have Bitcoin, which is backed by ones Nothing. and zeros. Yeah, it's it's what it's what it's backed by. So all right, so let's uh, uh, a brief primer on Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a virtual currency, so it does not physically exist. It is a completely open way of 
transferring a value from one person to another person. And it can be done so instantaneously, effectively instantaneously, and it can be done in both micro amounts, you know, to, to like a tiny fraction of a penny to however much money you could possibly have. And the entire process of sending these Bitcoins from one person to another is transparent and open. Like any, anyone on the planet can look at any given transaction. It is at the same time pseudonymous in that while the numbers, the account numbers are visible to anyone on the planet, who owns that account number is not necessarily known or available to anyone else. Although a lot of times law sleuthing can actually determine who, you know, what name is attached to what number. And it is the, uh, the accuracy, the integrity of the network is maintained by a, a vast network of miners who are all running at this point, mostly specialized equipment, the crunch numbers that is designed to test uh, and verify each transaction and keep everybody on the up and up and keep everybody synced together. And what it is backed by is simply that integrity and the willingness of people to, to trust it. So it's also backed by smoke and mirrors. Yeah, but it's a different kind of smoke and mirrors. Yes. If there are kind of geek heads, it's smoke and mirrors of the kind that you go, that kind of smoke and mirrors. No I'm kidding. I know it's legal in Washington and in Colorado, that kind of smoke and mirrors, I understand. Yeah, so I hear. Okay. We, of course, don't officially say anything about that because this is a family program on a family show. So practically speaking here, there are Bitcoin apps. There's one for iOS. There's yes. some companies who take Bitcoins. I think Dell had a $50,000 transaction in Bitcoin, but officially the U.S. government warns you, Right. Well, it, 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 that's that's part of the issue with Bitcoin right now. There's a lot of gray area. Uh, Bitcoins are not expressly illegal anywhere, uh, but they are also expressly legal almost nowhere. And it may, you know, the the right now you've got competing competing regulatory bodies around the world, even within individual countries that are all vying for who gets to control Bitcoin. Uh, you've got China, for instance, uh, telling banks that they can't do any Bitcoin-related uh, transactions. Uh, you've got here in the U.S., you've got the IRS recently said that uh, Bitcoin is not a currency, that it is uh, uh, effectively, it's a, it's a property, I suppose. So, you know, it has value. They recognize its value. You're expected to pay uh, taxes if the amount of your Bitcoin value goes up, but it's but they they deny that it's a currency despite the fact that it's used as a currency. So it's like gold and silver. Yes, actually, yeah, uh, great point. That, that's a really good point. This network is owned by Midas Resources, which is a gold and silver company. I really ought to ask the owner Ted Anderson to explain if they're going to deal with Bitcoin or not. That might be an interesting discussion. Indeed, interesting technological discussion. We'll have to call Ted and see. Any case, that's Bitcoin. So let me ask you a question here. Would you accept Bitcoin over at the Mac Observer or personally? Yes. Speak for yourself. I, we tried it for donations. I think we got one that never worked for some reason. It never came through. We got one donation for $20 in Bitcoins. It did. I redeemed it within the second to get that money out of there and into a real bank account. Yeah. 
And that's it. So, but you say it didn't work? Nobody responded. We tried to take donations by Bitcoin. One worked, one didn't, and that was the Oh, I see, I see. And when we had that failure of that Bitcoin bank, I just pulled it because I was just being too cautious there. Let's leave Bitcoins alone, okay? Okay. Let's leave the bits and the coins and figure it out. Okay, let's move on to another topic. Apple released a diversity report. And that's very big now. You have to be politically correct. So, of course, if you're Apple, you have to tell them the sex and racial breakdown of the people who work at Apple. So they're a little short on women, a little short on black women, but they're okay on Asian and white men, right? Well, the uh, interesting thing is, you know, most most of the world looked at this diversity report and said things like, surprise, uh, Apple is, uh, you know, Apple is uh, mostly white, mostly male, things like that. Now, in reality, first of all, the U.S. is mostly white. And in reality, uh, whites, blacks, and Hispanics are underrepresented at Apple. Whites only a little bit, for sure. But, but, but statistically speaking, they're underrepresented. I think it's 55% of Apple's population identifies itself as white. And 62% of the U.S. population is white. So whites are a little underrepresented. Blacks uh, are very underrepresented. Hispanics are, are, are fairly well uh, underrepresented. And then Asians are overrepresented as, as, a, uh, as a percentage of the population. We'll get back into Apple's diversity report with Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. 
Visit the Berkey Guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey Guy. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. Whoa! This is big! By popular demand, the Freeze-Dry Guys Giant Factory Authorized Sale has been extended. Now through August, save 30 to 45% on number 10 cans of high-quality Mountain House freeze-dried foods from the Freeze-Dry Guy. Now's the time to stock up on all factory-fresh stock of the finest, best-tasting, longest-proven shelf-life foods in the industry at giant savings of 30 to 45%. But hurry, supplies are limited, so this sale is only through the end of August. Call 866-404-3663. Free shipping to the lower 48 states. Click freezedryguide.com or call 866 That's freezedryguide.com. Hurry! The giant factory authorized Mountain House sale with savings of 30 to 45% is extended through August from the Freeze Dry Guy, the finest freeze dried and dehydrated foods available anywhere for long term storage. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. Interesting with Apple, you know, we see that, you know, they try to enforce better working conditions at the contract factories. They talk about environmental issues. They're now talking about the makeup of the employees, racial backgrounds, gender, etc. This is kind of unusual for a tech company, any tech company, any regular company. Well, you know, one of the biggest discrepancies is definitely the representation of women. Women are incredibly uh, underrepresented with it throughout the company. 50.1% of the U.S. population is female, 49.9% is male, of course. And Apple is roughly a 70-30 male-to-female company. And Apple is not the first tech company to release a diversity report. Facebook, Google, uh, and Yahoo have all done so. Other companies may have as well. I'm not actually sure about that. Um, and in Silicon Valley, they all tend to skew towards white and Asian, and they all tend to skew towards male. It's only a matter of other percentages. Now, Apple is a little bit better represented uh, um, in terms of diversity than than Facebook or Google, but they all have they all have issues to one degree or another if the goal is to have a company that looks like the the country. 
Okay, so does that mean Apple now has to work towards scaling its hiring to get the people that are missing, or does anyone really care? Well, um, certainly the politically correct care. So uh, the politically correct certainly care. Progressives are, this is the kind of thing progressives care about. This is the kind of thing that that, uh, conservatives tend to decry uh, you know, like, why does anyone look at this? And but I think that the real issue for a company like Apple, for any technology company, is to get more people interested in math and science, especially women and minorities, getting getting them interested in math and science at an early age and keeping them involved in math and science at an early age. That's the only long-term solution here for not having companies like this dominated by white men. All right. Well, the fact that Apple has been very honest and open isn't part of that very typical of the Tim Cook generation. Steve Jobs didn't care much about those things, or maybe he did, but he didn't say it. I think that that, that Steve cared, but not enough to, to bother with it. I mean, you know, Steve definitely wasn't interested in being transparent. Apple has become much more transparent on things like its environmental record. Obviously, this diversity report is the first of its kind from Apple. Yeah, t- Tim is definitely a lot more open than than Steve was. But at the same time, Silicon Valley has been changing since uh, Steve died. You know, it's it's been almost three years since Steve Jobs died. And the feeling here is that possibly Steve Jobs would have changed somewhat had he oh, been yeah. here still. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Steve was anything. A changer. He was a changer if he was anything. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. You know, Steve always cared very much about a particular thing until it became time to stop caring about it. That was part of his genius as a great, uh, a great CEO, as a great product developer. Is is that he was he didn't hold on to anything once it lost value. He was always willing to cut anything from the past loose at a moment's notice. Yeah, he was just as apt to take an iPod and say, okay, let's discontinue that. Yeah. Yeah. An iPod or an iPhone or uh, the Mac or uh, some particular aspect of the Mac or dot Mac or iTools or the best selling iPod of all time, which was the uh, iPod mini, you know, they just, they just stopped making it and started making the iPod nano, which was a completely different form factor. Yes. But you have to say nano, nano. Today we do. Yes, nano, today nano. it's nano nano. And you also say shazbat. Shazbat. But you see, I can't raise my voice like helium. I go, shazbat. You know, I can't go up there. You know, Fair enough. Um, you know, if you go, if I do helium, it's like this. That's my helium voice. You see, he I had, see. what he did is he did his voice like 20% helium. And it takes brilliance to do that. I mean, nobody on this planet, just to get back to Robin Williams, can possibly conceive of the brilliance of this guy. Agreed. You know, nobody knows what was going on then there. But whatever it was, we're all grateful for it. Anyway, get back to Apple and diversity and all that. So the new transparent Apple lets you beta test OS X Yosemite. But as we write this, as we do this show, it's three weeks since the first public beta. So you get a chance to test it, but not very often. So we'll have to see what happens there. Let's move out into other issues. Another area where Apple is concerned is the environment. I mean, even Steve Jobs touted the use of environmentally friendly stuff on their products, but mm-hmm. more so now with Tim Cook. 
Well, I think that this was an area of import for Steve. I think Steve himself uh, devoted time to talking about it. Um, but I, I think what what real what happened about the time that Steve Jobs died was that Apple became the the intense focus of uh, of criticism from um, a variety of activist groups. And the reality is that Apple has been way ahead of the pack on all of these environmental issues and worker safety issues and worker condition issues and worker pay issues and underage worker issues and all these things um, about working conditions, including the chemicals that are used. Apple has been ahead of the pack, but because Apple became so huge and so profitable and such an iconic, massive company so quickly, Apple also became the focus for anyone who was, who was intensely interested in these issues. They had to set the example. Well, the, the, yeah, they're being they're Yeah, they were setting the example and the activists out there wanted Apple to set more uh, of an, an example. And, um, uh, you know, like uh, in particular, like the working conditions and stuff, you know, Apple has always, always required more from their um, from their suppliers and, and their manufacturing partners than local regulations required. And then what we had happen this week is that Apple, Lisa Jackson, actually just today, released a report um, uh, saying that uh, they were uh, completely barring the presence of, and I'm looking for the uh, for the uh, two terms here. It's a benzene and in hexane. Does that sound right? I have no idea. I'm not a chemist. You know, whatever you call yes. it, that's fine because somebody will just write us a letter and tell us how stupid we are about benzene. chemistry. Yeah, they would. They benzene, would write to call yes. me stupid. Benzene right, and indexing, right. two very, very dangerous chemicals. Apple already prohibited their use, but now they are uh, like not allowing them to be anywhere near. They have taken uh, exposure. Uh, exposure for like benzene in particular has been taken from uh, 0.5 parts per million to 0.1 parts per million. And 0.5 is the, is actually the requirement that the U S government has. So Apple is even stricter than the U S government at this point. And this is in China. So Apple is holding its, uh, its Asian suppliers to standards that are even higher than, than U S standards on this. And, uh, you know, it's yet another, yet another mark by Apple to be uh, environmentally conscious and uh, sustainable. Yes, I wonder about the working conditions of the factories where Samsung builds their gear about their environmental issues. Or Dell or HP. Right. It's always Apple. You know, it's like, for example, the New York Times did this story about the horrible working conditions at Foxconn or some of these other companies that Apple contracts with. But... They ignore the fact that Dell and HP and all these other companies were building their gear in the very same factories. What about them? Of course, they never answer that question. You know, all the media attention is on Apple. Apple has to, of course, adhere to higher standards. It's like Hebrew National Frankfurters. And Apple already was adhering to higher standards. The standards that Apple requires of its of its um, uh, of its suppliers are industry leading and, and Apple's often doesn't get credit for that. And it is kind of annoying as an Apple watcher and an Apple fan. It's definitely kind of annoying, but at the same time, this is the price of success. Yes, it is. 
And if I ever find that price, I'll, of course, pay it. In the meantime, <laughs> we have Brian Schaffen of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. Sometimes on the Tech Night Out Live. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV What good is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body 
body healing itself with the aid of HB Extract. It's extremely effective and it starts working in just days. Visit HBExtract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers. And we've never increased our price in over 10 years. That makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it. A healthy heart is a happy heart. Call 866-295-5305 or go to HBExtract.com. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. The reason I say sometimes in the Tech Night Isle live is we have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called the Paracast. So the Paracast deals with the other stuff. We'll talk about that more later. A little bit later on the show, by the way, we'll have Rob Pegarero. Of course, he writes for USA Today and Yahoo Tech and lots of really mainstream places. We'll talk about a lot of fascinating subjects a bit later. Rob Pegarero. Let's continue now with Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. And let's continue to talk about Apple and all the things that they're doing. Now, there is an article from the New York Times. And the New York Times, of course, doesn't always get Apple right. It's about something called Apple University. What's that? Apple University. You know, Apple University is such a big deal, and it's something that very few people outside of Apple uh, know about. You said such a deal? Are you partly Jewish, my friend? Such uh, a deal. Such uh, No, I don't, I don't think so. I Let's just say Steve Ballmer is not the only impression I do, but let's leave it at that. Stop here. Stop the presses. What imitations do you do? Oh, I, I, I do a lot, but... Uh, Tell me. <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> you want me to do them on, I, on the air. And I'll, I'll, totally, uh, I'll totally embarrass myself. I think the one person I think who is really affected in the way he talks and therefore susceptible to imitation is tim cook oh but he's he's so precise and controlled he is so precise and controlled yeah a better a profession yeah i'm surprised that we haven't seen someone doing a tim cook but maybe it's because he's so understated well you could certainly make something of that so understated that he kind of freezes in position or maybe he goes to sleep he starts talking he goes you know the thing about tim cook when he speaks I'm sleeping just a moment. Go ahead. The thing about Tim Cook when he speaks is that I don't think there is anyone in the tech industry, certainly at his level, who is as absolutely controlled. Every single word that man utters is thought out, deliberate, and serves a purpose. It is a fascinating thing to watch him speak, especially when he is being interviewed. It is, there's so much to learn from his body English and, and the way he speaks. And, and which is why, you know, going back to that, uh, to the Apple shareholder meeting earlier this year, when he got so angry at that conservative um, uh, propaganda group, asking him to pledge to make all his decisions uh, based solely on the ROI that they, that they will give to Apple. It was why that stood out so much. Because he is he is normally so controlled, it's so precise. He is an amazing, amazing speaker, and he's so good at it that I don't think many people understand that. What is it that they're missing? Well, they're they're missing. 
I think that that, that a lot of people see him as, as speaking slowly. And uh, what they don't understand is that is that he is crafting his message as he speaks. You know, like Steve Jobs, when Steve Jobs was up on stage uh, doing a keynote, that was all very rehearsed. You know, he knew what he was going to say. He knew what he was going to do. But he was very good at presenting it as being something that wasn't rehearsed. But it, but it definitely was rehearsed. I don't think Tim Cook rehearses what he's going to say. I just think he's he is so smart and he thinks so fast that he is able to put an enormous amount of thought into what he's about to say just before he says it. So there's no script with him. They can't script this guy. And it's true, his his rhythm is very unique. And I don't think that a normal PR team can basically write for that rhythm. You know, like a speechwriter is going to write for a president, maybe with George Bush, making him coherent. That requires a really good speechwriter. Okay, getting his rhythm correct. But someone like a Tim Cook, you can't really do that. I mean, with Steve Ballmer, if they're writing for him, it's bluster. You know, write bluster. Yeah, I developers, don't developers, developers, developers. Of course, he I, had, I, be, I had someone had to tell him in advance, this is what a developer is. Oh, okay, thank you. No, come on, let's give, let's give Steve Ballmer a little bit of credit. I think he, he very, bought a what was it a sports team? Yeah, he bought the he bought the L.A. Uh, Kings. Oh yes, he bought it from that crazy lunatic who was giving racial comments. And well, you know what? He gets a chance to enjoy his money, yeah. have fun. More power to him. More power. Now he doesn't have to ask what developers are. He's going to say, "Teammates, teammates, teammates." Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> you are crazy, Gene. You finally discovered that? I did. I just now realized it. Uh, and I love you all the more for it. I never pretended to be sane. Okay? You know, I just, this is to me jazz. I do this show, it's jazz. I get on here and I figure it out when I basically say it. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Of course, a lot of people who listen to me know that I don't know what I'm talking about. Apple University, quickly, because we only have a couple of minutes left. All right. So the deal with Apple University is this. When Steve Jobs was in the last couple of years of his life, and I think he was, whether or not he, he allowed himself to admit it, he was realizing that his time was limited. And he hired a top-notch academic to help turn his philosophy about product design into something that could be institutionalized, uh, something that could be become part of, of, of the Apple culture after Steve Jobs was gone. And this was a big part of when he told uh, his biographer, Walter Isaacson, that he had worked hard to turn Apple into a company that could outlive him. Apple University was a big part of that. And what we had from the New York Times this week was uh, a piece uh, giving us a detailed look at, or as close to a detailed look as we've had, because no one has, has offered any kind of outside look at Apple University. And it's an important part of why it is that I think that that anyone who uh, says that Apple's best days of innovation are behind it are mistaken, because they don't know what's going on behind the scenes with Apple University. Okay, so what is going on behind the scenes with Apple University? Well, what they're doing is is they're 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 teaching um, design philosophy. Like for instance, one of the things that uh, one of the courses that I talked about um, uh, compared uh, a, a Google TV uh, remote with seventy eight buttons to the Apple TV remote with three buttons, 
And, and the point here is to talk about how that happens and why it happens. And, and one of the points um, that uh, the course apparently made was that the Google device, this was a third, this was a third party remote made for Google TV, not a product made by Google. Uh, this remote had 78 buttons because every engineer got what he or she wanted. And Apple doesn't do that. Apple's entire existence is about ruthlessly saying no again and again and again and again and again. No, no to new products, no to features, no to, uh, to, to, you know, to doodads. And, you know, it's everything is stripped down to its, to its just barest fundamentals. And that is the Apple way of doing things. And without Steve Jobs there to ruthlessly hammer this from on high, the idea was to turn was to make to empower everybody to understand that and think about these things. And there's, there's other courses about like how to integrate your your team, your, your company, your small company has just been bought by Apple and they're going to integrate your team. There, there are courses that have been developed just for that. And these courses are all taught in a classroom uh, setting with specially designed classrooms. Uh, they're not like online courses. They're not taped courses. A lot of the uh, the course instructors are university professors that are moonlighting at Apple. And it, there's a lot of resources being developed towards Apple University. And, and this is the thing that is going to allow Apple to keep being Apple even without Steve Jobs. So it's basically taking Steve Jobs and turning him into a textbook and then teaching <laughs> using yeah. that textbook. Yeah, that, that was, that was, that was it. And Steve jobs worked very closely with the guy who put all this stuff together for him. Uh, they worked very closely for the last couple of years of Steve's life. And it's why when people say that, that, that Apple can't innovate without Steve jobs, that I say, if you think Steve jobs was the bee's knee, when Steve jobs tells you that he created Apple to outlast him, you should believe that until proven otherwise. This is the source of this is the source of my philosophy on this is Apple University. So basically the Apple employee has to go in there, pass the course, show they know the world according to Steve Jobs. So that's his way of taking his DNA and injecting it into every single employee so they know what to do. Yeah, well one thing I'm still a little bit confused on is who has access to these courses. At first, it seemed like it was only executives. Uh, the New York Times piece actually made it seem like it's open to uh, many more people other than executives. Hey, a lot more to talk about Apple University. Brian Chaffin, tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. You can find me at themacobserver.com. Fair enough. Brian Chaffin, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. Headlines, suspensions, FCC investigations. That's man cow for you. Hear him here. GCN. This is Dan Pillett. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com.
We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercial, just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us and advertise at GCNlive.com. And an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Rob Pegarero, who is a regular guest on the show. He hangs his hat over at USA Today and also Yahoo Tech and other places. And we're going to talk about a story that came out. I think originally I read it at the New York Times on their site about allegedly 1.2 billion, with a B, usernames had been hacked as a result of the efforts of a Russian crime ring. And of course, it came across in the various stories that repeated this report that it sounded like the world's going to end tomorrow. Everything is coming down. It's raining dogs and cats. I'm quoting, I think, from the Ghostbusters movie. But but you get (laughs) the picture. Yeah. Hysteria. Now, is there a story behind this? What happened? Well, there's definitely a story to be told at some point. But the company that says it found this data breach has not been doing a very good job of telling us what that story is. It's a company called Hold Security based around Milwaukee. Yeah, it's now been a good two weeks, and they're still not really giving anything but vague details about what these credentials are, how old they are, you know, what kind of companies are afflicted. They are saying you can check for free to see if your email has been compromised by filling out a form on their website. People who've done that uh, have told me that they have not yet gotten a response back. So I would say there's a story here, and we sure have not seen all of it. What is this company selling? Do they sell reports? Do they sell security software? What's their business? Consulting, remediating breaches, what a lot of other security companies do. And I should say, I'm not inclined to think that they're all bad, given that my old Washington Post colleague, Brian Krebs, has vouched for them. I trust Brian's reporting. I I have to sort of weigh the fact that he says they're legit. I've worked with them before. They do know what they're doing, even if they don't always do business the way I would. But yeah, this is 
the way they're saying we have this list, it's almost like Joe McCarthy in a way. I have this list in my hand of 1.2 billion logins that have been compromised, but I'm not going to show it to you. That's not the usual model of responsible disclosure. You know, the thing that always bothers me about this, particularly in this case, is, all right, how do you find out if this happened? How do you verify it? So, for example, maybe the Russian crime ring has somewhere in some obscure place boasted of having done this. So the question would be, okay, how would they do this? Was this an outgrowth of this heartbleed bug? in the open SSL security component? You know, where would this have come by? How would this be done, especially since different companies have different security models? Exactly. And here, the other thing I've been uh, sort of looking at is basically a point that uh, Bruce Schneier made, uh, the veteran cryptographer, one of the senior, smarter observers of security issues, did a post on his own blog saying, look, we it doesn't seem like we've seen anything worse out of this than Twitter spam. How long do you expect the bad guys would sit on it? That, I think, is an unexplored angle post-Heartbleed. Here we have this flaw that undermined the, the encryption, supposedly securing your logins in millions of sites, and it went undiscovered for two years. So nobody exploited it until it was... We don't know, but... Well, maybe if, they did. We don't know, is what you're saying. But if it was out there to be exploited, shouldn't we have seen that damage by now? You know, I hate to think that, oh, we totally skated past this, we're all fine. But, you know, how long do the bad guys propose to sit around, given that even at what seems to me to be a very slow rate of people changing passwords, a lot of these accounts would have been, um, the users of them would have regained control over a compromised password by now. Well, these particular invasions to one's privacy occur all the time. People have their bank accounts hacked, their email hacked. Happened but, to a friend of mine just now. She came back from vacation and discovered that some jerk had been using her credit card and uh, I guess other bits of her identity to go on quite a little spending spree in Vegas. It looks like the financial damage was caught and contained, but uh, she's got a lot of paperwork in store, I fear. Right, but these things happen at random to lots of people. Yeah. So do we assume these are just individual hacks or part of an overall crime spree and they're just gradually doing their thing so as not to get caught? Yeah, and that's where the, there's just not a whole lot of transparency about the the sort of business model of the attackers here. You know, we, we find that a lot of the time we find out that so many addresses were, were leaked and compromised. What exactly happened, you don't know. It's not like there's some flow chart you can bring up to determine what exactly they would have done with each, you know, illegally obtained credential. Well, just taking 1.2 billion usernames and exploiting them, how big would this crime ring have to be to do this? I mean, it's and not such a simple thing. And if you're going to do some exploiting, what is the target? Once you log into a person's account, do you take over the account? Do you set up a botnet to send out spam? What do you do? What's the impact? And again, if this is something that was so widespread, wouldn't the authorities like the U.S. Department of Homeland Security be getting on this right away? One would like to think that. The, the other thing to keep in mind is that not all online credentials are of the same value. If 
you know, say a few hundred million of these were uh, registrations to leave comments on newspaper sites or, I don't know, GeoCities logins or other low or no value um, credentials that don't actually get you access to anything useful. There, there's not a whole lot of upside if you happen to get one of these things. If on the other hand, you know, you could imagine a situation in which the, the number of people affected was much smaller, but it allowed you to effectively gain control over a Facebook account or a Gmail account, saying that you think it'd be fairly well secured. That's a much bigger problem for the people affected. But right now, we're kind of left in the dark here. Very much so. And I just wonder why there's been no follow-up. I mean, I looked online to see, is there a follow-up report? Anybody trying to verify this? No. And I did send in a query to hold security via the form on their website. Haven't heard back. Um, one would have thought that if they didn't like the column I did about this on, on Yahoo Tech on Tuesday, they might have tweeted about it or done something, but no, nothing. Yeah, it's strange. So, okay. Is this part of a trend that we see of security scare stories where we're told the sky is falling? And there something, is yes. a bit of sort of a story arc to how these things go. First, there's the report of the security breach. Um, and if it's from a company we haven't heard of, like Hold Security, which apparently didn't even have much of a web presence until just before the story broke. You know, who is this company? Where are they coming from? What's what's their deal? Uh, and then you get the inevitable round of PR pitches. We'd like you to, you know, if you're writing about this, here's our security expert who can talk about so-and-so and such, this and that, which will supposedly fix the problem at stake. Uh, I've, I've definitely gotten used to the drill. There's definitely a bit of a story arc to this. You know, first there's the story breach. Some site writes about it. Everyone else rewrites that first site's coverage, not always with a whole lot of attention to what exactly, you know, is being claimed and whether or not that's true. You get the PR pitches from people who represent security companies that can either diagnose the problem or have technology that would have stopped it from happening. And, you know, then it's the inevitable round of stories. It's time to change all your passwords. Now, regular listeners of the Tech Night Out Live will know that we had a guest on last week who worked for a company that provided software to manage your passwords. And, of course, they cited the alleged activities of that Russian criminal organization to hack all those usernames and passwords as their door opener. Password management software is certainly a good idea. You can have these things generate secure passwords, use one password to get into them, to manage all your logins with different services, and it's good not to have a single password. It's good not to have a password that represents the birth date of your daughter or password, which is a very common password, or hack me. That's another mm -hmm. password that I've seen used. The point being here is that that's a good idea, regardless of whether there's a scare story. Getting password management apps, that works for me. We have Rob Pegarero. More to talk about on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs>
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. Mike Stennerson for Midas Resources. At no time in history have precious metals been more important, certainly not in my 22 years in the industry. The dollar has lost over 90% of its value in the last 60 years. No fiat currency has ever survived the government printing presses. Ours is not immune. The time is now to be proactive. 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Anything tied to the dollar is at risk. CDs, annuities, 401ks, IRAs, stocks, bonds, you name it, so decide. Do you want to leave a legacy of wealth or debt for your family? The choice is yours. Call me at 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Be proactive, not reactive. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. There's a guy named Dr. Wallach who is anything but your typical doctor. Both a veterinarian and a naturopathic physician, Doc asks, why is this country spending more money on health care by far and ranking 50th in health and longevity worldwide? Doc believes that people should empower themselves with a basic understanding of nutrition, taking charge of their life, and attaining optimal health and longevity through nutrition, not by toxic pharmaceutical drugs that lead to side effects that require more expensive and toxic pharmaceutical drugs. Talk about being dependent on drug companies to our own destruction, no less. This is clearly a deadly recipe. Doc Wallach's message is resonating with an increasing number of Americans who are waking up to all the government and big pharma manipulation of our health and healthcare system. I like what Doc Wallach is saying and doing to enlighten people about healthcare, and I've joined forces with him to help this tireless crusader spread his message. Visit brightsideben.com and listen to Doc Wallach's deadly recipe lectures. It makes a lot of sense, and I invite you to join our Brightside Ben team. Go to brightsideben.com. That's www.brightsideben.com. If you need to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, thank you, or simply I'm thinking of you, ProFlowers.com is the key. ProFlowers has stunning bouquets, like the best-selling 100 blooms for $19.99. Plus, ProFlowers will include a glass vase for free. Sending someone a wonderful surprise of beautiful flowers sent fresh from the field is easy. Choose the bouquet you like, pick the delivery date, and each order is 100% guaranteed. Plus, all bouquets from Pro Flowers are guaranteed to last at least seven full days. Beautiful, fragrant flowers, picked fresh and sent to your loved one for lasting enjoyment. To get this incredible savings and send someone 100 gorgeous blooms with a free vase for $19.99, go to proflowers.com, click the blue microphone in the top right corner, and enter code PLOW. That's proflowers.com. Click the mic and enter code 
P-L-O-W. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We're on the Tech Night Out Live with Rob Pegarero from Yahoo Tech and USA Today and other places. We're talking about security scare stories where you learn that something has been hacked. And it could be anything from an IRS computer to a retailer's system where the accounts of 50 or 100 million credit card holders has been compromised. And you're waiting for the axe to fall. And sometimes after that, you get press releases from companies offering their advice, their products and services to protect you. And, you know, sometimes, and I'm not going to say this as a serious view, but let's just drop it in there. Rob, sometimes I wonder if these security scare stories are generated by security companies to get the entire industry to sell products and services. That's not a crazy thing to to wonder about. A lot of these times you'll see uh, a release about some study commissioned by a security software company saying, oh, here's this big issue. We found so much malware. Like for Android, this comes around a lot. People will say there's so much malware out there. How much of it is on the Play Store? Uh, how much of it is not already caught by the uh, the app scanning Google now does in the background automatically? Because if we're talking about malware that exists only if you change a bunch of defaults and go looking randomly across the web, well, you could say the same thing about a jailbroken iPhone, a Mac that has gatekeeper disabled, which is actually very easy to do for an individual download. Uh, I think it's more useful to discuss about how does the system work in its default state, which, you know, look at how Windows has changed. Windows XP in its initial default state was a terribly insecure operating system. Now it's pretty good. Not XP, but Windows 8. Okay. But the point being here is that if we didn't have these stories of security leaks, invasions, criminals running around loose, doing nasty things, wouldn't we see that people won't buy security software as quickly? Perhaps. What's happening a lot, if you look on in mobile, the security companies have a harder go of it because if you stick to the app stores out there, whether it's iOS or Android or Windows Phone, your odds of, of getting hacked really drop a lot. It's just not the same thing. And for that matter, you know, Microsoft, there's Microsoft Security Essentials, which is a pretty good app and it comes built in and it's free and it's not a nuisance to update. The cognitive load of having something that gets its updates along with everything else in your computer that came from the came with the operating system, that's a lot. Well, we don't want to take away the opportunities for third-party companies to make a living. But if the company who gives you the operating system does good stuff about making it secure, there's less need for those products and services. But as far as the customer is concerned, it's better. They shouldn't have to deal with that. That's not something you should have to think about. The first thing you do is set up a new computer. What kind of antivirus software do I need? Yeah. And, you know, people are absolutely right when they say I, I shouldn't have to think about it. Because, yeah, it's it's a pain. The computers are, what's that Walt Mossberg line? Computers are too hard to use and it's not your fault. You know, I also hear stories every so often, and you've heard them too, 
where some hackers have broken into a car. They break the electronic systems, like, of course, the key fobs, the electronic key fobs. So right now with my car, if I go up to the car and I press a button on the door handle, it opens up because I've got my key fob in my pocket. But if somebody hacked that system to make the car think, its computer system think that I have the key fob with the proper coding, I push that button, I can go inside, press a button on the car to start it up and drive away. I don't need the coat hangers anymore. Is that a real danger? Yeah, that strikes me as more a case of, you know, people concocting a kind of like movie theater plot. Oh, people are going to take over your car remotely. Or realistically, if they have to, they still have to actually get to the car physically and get in it. So that is not a new threat. Another friend of mine, not that everyone I know has been beset by crime recently, but yeah, he had a, he had a 12 or 14-year-old car stolen just for fun, and it was recovered three weeks later. Yeah, people steal cars. You know, I would think that the risk is less with an electronic key fob than a physical key that there are all sorts of ways to bypass. But a lot of the time, people worry about sort of sci-fi-ish threats to what they use. But it's not a new thing we have to worry about. A popular character in a lot of these TV shows, crime procedurals, is the computer nerd. And they sit there and they break into phones and they break into all sorts of systems and they get all this information. In the real world, maybe that's possible. But instead of taking two minutes before the commercial, it may take two weeks to accomplish that task. But then it looks good for someone to take the coat hanger, open up the car door, tear apart two wires inside and stream two other wires together and get the car started. That's great. Isn't that wonderful how easy that is? Yes. You can't really do that with most recent cars. Well, realistically, with a lot of security breaches, it's social engineering. But having someone, you know, get on the phone and imitate, uh, you know, some remote technician is kind of boring. It doesn't make good TV drama. So we can't have that. Remember, when they capture the murderer... In the real world, it doesn't take 43 minutes plus commercials. Yes. You have to have some time compression, even when that story is ripped from the headlines. Let's talk about smartwatches or not so smart watches. Yes. So I was looking, looking at a picture at one on of my this. Wrist right now. Which one do you have? It's the, uh, the Samsung Gear Live that was the PR uh, review loaner giveaway at Google I.O. I've been, you know, keeping it on to see, what does this do? Do do I find myself consulting it a lot in my daily life? You know which one I kind of like the look of? And of course, we don't know what Apple's going to do with this alleged iWatch. Right. I kind of look at the Moto 360. And I think that's a nice design because it looks like a real watch. You're just sitting there and it's a real watch. It's a big watch, of course. It's a man's watch. It's not a woman's watch with very tiny hands like my wife has. So they show it working like a regular watch, and then it has all these optional features where it gives you notifications and such, which is nice. I guess you have an option there where you can show the time and the temperature, which is kind of like the old days of radio. I know when I used to go to radio (laughs) stations, and I'd take a job at a place where they didn't want disc jockeys with personalities. They said, Just give the time and temperature, introduce the record, read the commercial, and get out of there. That's it. They didn't care about personalities because they wanted you to be interchangeable. 
All right, so the Moto 360, have you had a chance to look at that in more detail? I did get a chance to uh, peek at it and uh, play with it briefly during Google I.O. itself. Um, it is stylish in the sense it's a nice round face. It looks more like a watch than I'd say the Gear Live, and definitely the, the LG G watch is a very rectangular thing. The, the Samsung one, it, it looks like it's curved mainly because there's this sort of the, the chrome finish is curved to match your wrist, even though the face of it is absolutely flat. Uh, I will say the Moto 360, and this is not super apparent from pictures, it's thick. Let me do the break, and then we'll get back into that. Okay, we have Rob Pegarero. We're covering smartwatches now. Maybe the iWatch is there one in our future. This is the Tech Night Out Live. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com at 30dayfoodsupply.com, you can now purchase a one-of-a-kind product not available anywhere else. A meatless burger dry mix in four delicious flavors. With our new Oregon Trail Foods vegan burgers, all you do is add water and fry. They need no refrigeration. They're packaged in Mylar bags with an oxygen absorber for a long shelf life. They're non-GMO. They're gluten, soy, nut, and chemical-free, but they're loaded with flavor. And a good source of carbs and protein, yet low in sodium. Flavors include Italian, spicy Mexican, six vegetable and black bean olive go to 30dayfoodsupply.com or call 541-229-0010 and order today eat them every day take them camping or save them for an emergency check them out at 30dayfoodsupply.com and click on the vegan burger icon that's 30dayfoodsupply.com where all of our products are produced in oregon by oregon trail foods 30dayfoodsupply.com we live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. 
With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average over 19 years of experience, Legal Shields law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE, 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. It's the heart of summer across America. Thoughts turn to childhood and long days of fun. Everybody would love to feel like a kid again. And HB Extract can be a vital tool in your battle to stay vibrant and young as it supports healthy blood pressure and circulation while balancing cholesterol. GCN and longtime sponsor HB Extract want to help keep your heart healthy with the 30 Bottles 30 Days Summer Giveaway. Enter to win by visiting GCNlive.com between now and August 29th and click on the contest banner in the top left corner of the page. HB Extract has helped tens of thousands of people worldwide feel good again. And they've done it with HB Extract's exclusive formula of wild crafted and organic herbs. Here's to you enjoying many more long, warm, and fun-filled summers free of pain and sickness. Visit GCNlive.com and enter to win in the 30-bottle, 30-day summer giveaway with HB Extract. A healthy heart is a happy heart. Sign up now at GCNlive.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Now, Rob Pegarero, let me tell you, on our previous segment, we had Ryan Chaffin over the Mac Observer, and he loves watches. He's got this fabulously expensive watch that he was talking about. Probably he spent like five years' salary on it. I don't know. But in any case here, you were telling us the Moto 360, you got a chance to look at it, and I can see from the pictures that Motorola has in their site. If you look at the thing from the side, it's pretty thick, isn't it? It certainly is. It's. I'm trying to remember whether it was thicker in relative terms than the LG G watch or the, the Samsung gear live, but yeah, it's hefty. The, the clear test for me to do would be to try to wear that with some French cuffs, something fancy, but it's August. So I don't know when I'll next have a chance to do that. Yeah. That's, that's the big thing with a lot of these, you know, they need some place to store the battery. These are devices that do need to charge every day. At least they do last all day. Uh, you're just not going to be able to expect to pick it up off the nightstand, put it on, and then have it last the next day. And then if you're a woman, you know, your your wrist is smaller, and these things are going to look gigantic. So that's something they have to work on. Well, you know, my wife is five feet tall, weighs 98 pounds. Now, five feet tall if she kind of stretches her feet a little bit. Little girl, and she's not going to wear a Moto 360. She'd look at me and say, what is this? <laughs> and I would debate it too. I like the face of it, though. It looks like a real watch. Now let's look at the equation here. Now, when Apple came out with the iPod, the iPod succeeded in part because it was actually something that was useful to a lot of people. The previous digital music players were geek toys, difficult to use, very slow. I know I reviewed a few of them for ZDNet at the time. And once I finished writing the review, I couldn't wait to send that thing back. Mm-hmm. because I had no use for it. Of course, when I started reviewing the iPod, I had use for it. Apple found a way 
to make it appeal to people who didn't care about geek toys. So the question here is, I think Moto 360 is making a step in that direction where it looks like a nice watch, whether or not you care about the other stuff. So the big equation here is if Apple produces an iWatch, throw everything else out the window. Maybe Moto 360 comes kind of close because they're making it look like a regular watch. But I think with Apple, it's going to be like iPod. Throw everything you've heard or felt or believed about a smartwatch, and Apple will provide something totally unique. What do you think? Well, I don't know about totally unique. I mean, given that the iPod itself, it's not like it did anything that other MP3 players couldn't do. It was just making it smaller and simpler. So here's what I would look to see. First of all, this is the company that was so set on making the world's thinnest phone with the iPhone 5. They decided they would make up their own SIM card standard size and get rid of the dock cable they've been using for the last four four years, five years. Um, and in this case, given that every smartwatch I've tried has been too thick, then that, that would be a good priority for them to have. Also, being selective about how you're notified. Uh, one, one of my complaints with the, the Android Wear interface is that it doesn't have any way of, there's no sense of triage or priority in which emails it notifies you about. You know, you, you, you would like it to only, you know, maybe notify you if, if it's a message that would be ranked as important in Gmail. That's not how it works. Apple, they have this concept of VIPs you can designate in mail for OS X and iOS. So presumably any Apple smartwatch worth its salt would only bother you if it was a message from a VIP. That would be a nice thing to have. Um, on the other hand, I don't know. I, I look at how, you know, how notifications work in uh, OS X and iOS, and they're not always very efficient with your time. You get bugged about a lot of stuff you don't care about, and certainly dismissing old notifications, it's a two-tap procedure in iOS, and so I just don't bother. I just let them accumulate. I mean, let's see. What do I have in my... Uh, my iPad and mini on the desk in front of me. Let's see. Oh, good grief. This scrolls on for quite a ways. This is what spontaneity is all about, folks. He is now looking at his notifications. Yes, and I'm actually clearing up a bunch of them, so I'm not further distracting because I don't actually need to know that USA Today ran a story a week ago. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know if are notifications easier to dismiss in iOS eight. Can you at least make it a one tap procedure to not be bothered that you? Uh, oh look, I have a new spam comment on my WordPress blog. Thanks. <laughs> That's what a Kismet is all about. It's supposed to get rid of that. I actually use a plugin for WordPress, which is not really supported anymore, but seems to work. It's called WP Spam Free which is still available, by the way, wp-spam-free, and includes a contact form for people to contact you. And what it does is it blocks the spam comments that Akismet misses. And since I set it up, I don't get any. Yeah, Akismet, I've seen, it's this is the default spam filtering solution, which is the only one I can use. My blog is hosted at wordpress.com, so there's no plugins I can load. So I just have to sort of go through and... Unfortunately, I'll do this right now. Let's see. One tap. You see like that? Now we're actually showing you things at work. Okay. So the key here is with an iWatch, Apple has to make the notifications as unobtrusive as possible, except when 
that notification is something that you regard as important. Right. I would agree. Also, Apple obviously is very concerned about health and fitness because they're working yes. so hard with the health kit and the home kit, as a matter of fact. So obviously this wearable is going to be related to that. And that's the big thing for Tim Cook. That's a personal thing that he's into, health and fitness and wearables. And that's what you see from his commentary. And that right. tells you what the iWatch is going to do. But the other thing I see here is it has to be able to do some things without need to dock with your iPhone, for example. You go out, and you right. don't want to be annoyed with the phone. You leave it at home. Well, you forget to take the phone out of the car, and you got the watch. What does it do? Actually, the, the watch would tell you to get the phone out of the car, or somebody might steal it. <laughs> well, yeah, but you think that you've got a $25,000 car. Do you care about the $600 smartphone? I don't know. People get very emotional about their phones. But yeah, definitely the smartwatch needs to have some independent utility. Uh, not just, actually, the probably the bigger real-world problem is not that you forget the phone. It's that the phone runs out of battery. Well, that might be a way of notifying you. By the way, your iPhone has 10% battery life left. You better recharge it. But the other issue, as you say, is now basically the current smartwatches last no longer under regular use than a smartphone like that's smartphone i do have to you've got to pay attention to what your battery life is like and if you're you're sitting down you should recharge the smartwatches i've tried certainly the two android watches don't have that issue which is good because both of them you have to you can't just borrow any old micro usb cord you need to have a special sort of adapter or cradle that the watch itself clicks into and charges off that. Okay, but the key is here is ideally you'd want your smartwatch to hang out there for a couple of days before yes, recharging. that would be nice. Because, you know, there's still smartphones with thicker batteries or with add-on battery packs where you can get a couple of days Maybe the Mophie like people them. can make an add-on uh, strap that is itself a battery. We'll, we'll know this category is taken off if they do that. Well, whether or not Apple does that with their strap, whether it's a steel strap or some kind of leather strap, they can embed circuitry there. And Apple's working on advanced battery technology. So the question here, of course, is not just to make it unobtrusive when it needs to be. The other question, of course, is to let it do things without need for mating or docking with your iPhone. Number three, plenty of battery life. Yes. And I think number four, make it something that you're proud to own. It's not just a geek's toy. Rob right. Pegarero joining us. We got one more segment to go. America's largest independently owned communications network, GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com 
That's A2, that's number two, A2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows you can't afford to wait so call 866-91-STEEL lock in your price now call 866-91-STEEL that's 866-917-8335 summertime is safe big time at herbal healer academy long-term customers know summer is the time to stock up at herbalhealer.com and for new customers welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins minerals and more Log on for summer specials, including all sizes of colloidal silver, colloidal minerals, and intestinal freedom on sale. Choose from Herbal Healer's great variety of weight loss products like apple cider vinegar, hoodia, and metabolic complex and pro-metabolic, all on sale now. Also, the anti-parasite intestinal freedom and wormwood plus complex, plus stevia liquid sweetener and the super enzymes, all on sale for summer at HerbalHealer.com. As always, we offer certificate correspondence courses in natural medicine. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on now to HerbalHealer.com and look for summer specials to save big with our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education. Since 1988, Herbal Healer Academy. Moms of America, stand up and stop taking abuse from your kids. I pledge never to let my kid disrespect me ever again. I pledge to stop letting my daughter walk all over me. I pledge to stop living in fear of my son's anger. I pledge never to feel like a bad parent ever again. Because I'm not. I pledge to stop letting my child's behavior control my home. I pledge to be a mom with kids who listen. A total transformation mom. I'm Janet Lehman, co-creator of the Total Transformation Program. We created the Total Transformation to help parents with difficult child behavior. Now I'm giving it away free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. We'll let you keep it for free. Call 1-800-256-7795. That's 1-800-256-7795. Call now. Call 1-800-256-7795. That's 1-800-256-7795. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. Laying out the criteria for Apple's iWatch. 
Now, Apple is bringing in people from the fashion industry. They want to make this something attractive to own. We talked about the men's watch, the woman's watch. In other words, making it something that is available in different styles for different preferences in terms of fashion. It's not just a geek toy. It's anybody who likes a nice watch would say, I can get the Rolex, I can get the Zenith, or I can get an iWatch. And maybe the iWatch can be a comparable thing. You could have a low-cost model, maybe have a higher-cost model with the jeweled encrusting things and all that. Will be interesting to see if there are actually uh, his and hers uh, eye watches uh, to come out because I don't think I've seen anyone else do that. There have been, um, you know, it almost looks like if if you want to have a connected device of some sort on your wrist and your wrist is is not your average guy's size, you're going to have to buy something like a Fitbit or one of these other activity tracking things that on the side tell time and will maybe buzz when your phone gets a text message. That's all you've got. Right, but just looking at the population breakdown, more women than men, you want to get their patronage. You want to sell it to everybody. Maybe even yes. have a children's version. You know, get your kid an iWatch as a graduation present or something or graduating from elementary school. Exactly, yeah. If you get it to the point where it becomes a popular gift item, which is definitely not where I see it being right now. But you know what? That obviously doesn't apply to any smartwatch now. Right. But if Apple can get it there, get it to a point where people who never thought or considered a smartwatch with the name Pebble on it or Moto or Samsung, look at this, say it's a nice watch for all ages, all genders, whatever your thing, it's a nice watch. I'd like to get one. Look at all the cool things it does. Yeah. What I will say is this, and it's now been like a month since I've been wearing this thing. I get the basic use case. It is handy to have this thing notify me when when I've got like a text from my wife. Um, the fact that it shows up on the screen that is always visible, doesn't need to be unlocked, that I can quickly glance at if I'm, you know, walking, if I have my hands full, uh, if I'm on a bike, that's legit. And I think when I have to send this thing back, to uh, Google PR, I will miss that feature. And maybe I'll be tempted. I mean, one of my colleagues at Yahoo Tech, he spent his own money on the LG G watch and he seems pretty happy with it. He got a, he bought his own band for it. So it's personalized a little bit. The uh, plastic bands these things come with, not so good when it's hot in the summer. Right now we're having strangely, bizarrely nice weather in DC, but on a typical August day, I would not want to spend too much time walking around with this thing and it's plastic band on my wrist. Again, user-friendliness. So do you think Apple's going to do it? Well, if they don't, (laughs) we're all going to be disappointed because we sort of expect them to do that. Like the trade-off will be, yes, this will cost a lot more. It'll be uh, iOS only. Uh, Maybe there'll be really limited access to what sort of apps can surface on its screen for the sake of keeping it uncluttered and simple. But yes, the table stakes from Apple should be that if, if they do something in this new category... You know, it it had better be elegant and refined and simple. But, you know, it's not a given. The Apple TV, you know, when it launched, was really sharp and stylish. But since then, what is not scaled at all is they keep adding these really random channels. (laughs) You know, there's still no Amazon on it, but you have some uh, concert video channel I'd never heard of until it showed up. 
and deciding what shows up on your home screen, um, you know, not, not elegant is not the word I use for that. Well, my problem with these streamers, and I have an Apple TV and I have a Roku 3, the more channels you get, the more difficult it is to navigate through that because suddenly it's not just one app coalescing everything. It's 30 apps, it's a thousand apps or more on the Roku 3, and I just want to watch something and I could spend all day going through that nonsense. And it so what I end up long. doing is pick out one or two services that I like to use a lot, like Netflix, for example, and just access them and forget about the rest. The clutter doesn't work. Yep. It took Roku a while just to add a search function to their channel store, as I recall. I know I used that at one time. And sometimes with the Roku, I assist myself by going online on my Mac and searching for content before I go back to the unit. But say, for example, yep. I see a new movie out, and I want to rent that. And next week, it's going to be The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I want to rent that movie. So I will go on and say, the Roku, who has it? They've got Vudu, and they've got one or two other services, MGO or something like that. Services yes. that will rent you these movies. So will I just look at the new arrivals? Will I do a search for the movie to find it? I know one week I wanted to rent a movie. And that's what I had to do. I couldn't figure out which service had it, so I went and did a search. But that's an awkward process because it's not obviously easy to do a search on one of these clunky online keyboards. No. Yeah, I think any kind of media streaming, any kind of video box for the TV, increasingly, if if you're going to be doing searches, you'd better be able to do that through an app on your phone or your tablet. Well, they all have the apps. I mean, that's another way of doing it. But that would be one of the problems that Apple would be expected to solve. Yes. Which is how to deal with clutter. But it's not just clutter in the sense of the interface for the streamer. It is integrating that streamer with your living room, with your entertainment system. And that's the problem right now. And I go back to the same argument again. I got the Blu-ray player. Maybe I have the game console. I don't. I got the home theater sound system, whatever it is. Now I've got the cable box, and now I've got the streamer. And just even getting the remote control to work with all that stuff is a chore a half and a third. Integrating all that and making it simple is half the battle. And I'll give you this. I have a universal remote, one of those Logitech Harmonies. It actually controls everything you own? It pretends to. But the problem (laughs) is here, if you don't point it just right so that the signal is picked up by all the devices... Right. If you don't learn where to sit, where to stand, you then have to go through the help menu to select it. So my wife will come in there, and she tends to point everything down to the cable box. And that will turn on the cable box, and we have a Zvox sound base. But the TV set has the power control and the receiving sensor at the left. So if she doesn't point it slightly left, it doesn't pick it up. So now we have to get the TV to go on. So you can either turn on manually, there's a power switch in back, it's a Vizio, or we go through the help menu and let the Logitech figure out what it missed, which it never does. You have to go through the guided Mm. help. So just to turn on the TV, the sound base, and the direct TV box takes three, four minutes because you have to go through this coordination. If Apple can solve that, because nobody else can, obviously, that'd be a miracle. Yep. That's all I have to ask him. (laughs) 
We'll have to see if that happens this fall. We don't know. Rob not holding Peg- my breath. You're holding your breath or not holding your breath? Not holding my breath. There you go. I'm not either. I don't know. Rob Pegarero, tell our listeners where we can find more of the stuff that you do. So you can find me at Yahoo Tech, which is at yahoo.com slash tech. I write a column on tech policy. It runs every Tuesday. And sometimes you see me more often than that. I do a column at usatoday.com about consumer tech problems. Uh, so if you've been having trouble with your phone or your tablet or your laptop, please drop me a note. My email is rob, R-O-B, at robpegorero.com, R-O-B-P-E-G-O-R-A-R-O.com. If you get lost, Google Autocomplete should point you to my website, robpegorero.com. Yeah, look for that guy. All right? You can find us on Twitter. We're known as Tech Night Owl. We are Tech Night Owl at Twitter. Our main web portal is technightowl.com, where you can download shows going back to 2007 and 2008. I don't know why, because everything is out of date, but if you want to, it's there. And we have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And we've got a really cutting-edge thinker joining us this weekend by the name of Micah Hanks, young guy with lots of ideas about what strange things may be happening out there. Check that out at Paracast.com. Once again, that's Paracast.com. And here on the Tech Night Out Live, Rob Pegarero, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me. is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.